Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 671 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we'll be finding out about a Jubilee Jamboree Song Saver, which is going to be a bit of a charity fundraiser that runs over 12 hours in Wensfield in the road of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. We've got the amazing Craig Mather from the wonderful Barricade Boys who are appearing at the Grand Theatre this month, letting us know about their show. Dean Friedman will be along to let us know about his album and tour. That's coming up. Plus, we'll be hearing from Sam Rayburn about a charity fundraiser, getting cash together for the Ukraine appeals. That's all taking place at the Litchfield Garrick. We'll be joined by Jasper Core as she lets us know about Brown Girl Like Me, her book and book tour, which is arriving in Wolverhampton on the 10th of May. Plus, we'll also be hearing from Lara Piquet as she lets us know about the four films she has coming out in 2022. That's all on the show this week. On Thursday, the 12th of May, the Barricade Boys at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre. Barricade Boy Craig is with me now to tell me more. Hello, sir. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for me. Well, good to have you along. We've just dragged you out of rehearsal, sat you down in the car and told you we want to talk to you. So how's it all going? It's good, yeah. We're just on a little break now. The boys have just gone off for lunch, but it's a bit noisy in the studio. So we're, so I thought I'd just come and sit in the car and we can just do a bit of a quieter interview than a rowdy lot in there yeah that's the way yes they'll be causing trouble otherwise I mean, but what is it like being out on the road as a barricade boy because i mean you guys not only it's not about the music as well it's about the friendship and the fact that you're having a great time on stage yeah that's right yeah i mean we all get on without the music and without the band life anyway so that's always a positive you always hear horror stories of like you know boy bands that don't really get on and it's just they're there singing they leave and they don't really have a laugh you know and i think actually it comes across on stage that we're all mates and we're all having a laugh rather than we're just doing our job. When it comes down to choosing the music as well, is that a a democratic process or how does that all come about? We all have our ideas, but ultimately it comes down to Simon and Scott who created the Barricade Boys. It's their kind of baby and they, yeah, we all have our like little go, oh, actually this might fit there, you know, the set list order maybe, we have a little discussion, but yeah. How does the, the, the evening sort of pan out? Because you've got a, a mix of music from the musicals and some amazing contemporary poppets too. Yes. So most of it is linked back to musical theatre. Um, obviously that's where we come from. And then obviously we have some greats like Elton John and some Queen. Um, so yeah, some British great stuff, some Beatles, yeah which also can be found in musicals, obviously. It's, it's sometimes it's, it's the core musical numbers that uh, uh, are the ones we're kind of expecting, and certainly something from Les Mis. That, that's, that's absolutely a given. Exactly. It does exactly what it says on the tin, yeah. So we all, I mean, me and Scott met on Les Mis, um, and obviously everybody else uh, in the pool of Barricade Boys have all done Les Mis. Uh, at some point, whether the movie, West End, tour, whatever. Um yeah, so we do, I think, five numbers from Les Mis, but we do them our way. We don't just do a staple kind of Les Mis song. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, I'm going to be playing uh, Empty Chairs on my guitar. So a little bit different, you know, so it kind of has its own unique quality. And it's through that and the fact that, I mean, Scott, uh, Simon and Kieran, yeah, I mean, you're the, you're the, you're the core of the Barricade Boys, but you, you, you fill it out with other musicians and different, at different events too, don't you? Mm-hmm. That's correct, yeah. So Scott and Si designed it to kind of be a filler at first. So when we weren't in West End shows, we'd go and gig as the Barricade Boys, you know, mm. that kind of thing. 
um and obviously it's grown and grown over the years so yeah there are other there's like 50 other barricade boys that can dip in and out all know the stuff um obviously nowadays with whole covid and all that and illness you gotta have kind of backups otherwise <laughs> things you know um but we are the core members yeah and yeah and if we're in jobs then we we dip out. It's all about the quality of the performances too. So everybody has been kind of hand-selected to, to really show off the talents and show off the music too. Absolutely. Everybody has a, you know, the stamp of approval that Spinning Lame is. So everybody is at a certain level, which is ideal, you know. And are, are there any musicals that any of you haven't been in yet that you all want to be? And is that, is that something that comes up in conversation? Because, I mean, uh, obviously, Lame is, we've talked about that, but the likes of Billy Elliot, Heather's, The Sound of Music, Joseph is Amazing, Technical, The Dreamco. I mean, the, the list of shows you've been in just keeps going on and on. Sure. Um, there's one sh- show I'd love to be in, but I don't know whether I'm too old now, but I'd love to play Marty uh, McFly in Back to the Future. Obviously, that's quite a new one. But yeah, I'd love to do that. When you were out on the road with this show, uh, you, you get an amazing audience reaction to, to each of the songs because there is absolutely something for everybody in there. Absolutely, yeah. There is literally from the age of, you know, five up till 95, you've got everything in there. Um, you know, there's some things in the set that, you know, my wife doesn't doesn't necessarily like that musical, but then there's something that she really loves, you know. So there's, there's a, there is literally something for everybody. Um, and also, I think, whether you like musicals or not, I think you'll enjoy the Barricade Boys show because it's infectious. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, as, as, as a band, we, we come out and we, you know, we do the ballads, but we also do the up-tempo ones. You want to get up and you want to sing, you want to dance along with us. And it is infectious. Yeah. All that and coordinated clothing. What more could you ask for? Well, yes, not so much today. Not everyone's wearing <laughs> green today, but um, yeah, coordinated clothing. Yeah. It's all a bit of fun. It is the Bring Him Home tour. Uh, the Barricade Boys doing their thing. And uh, uh, what can we do if we want to prepare ourselves for this? Is there a, a website where we can go and see all of what you've been up to? Yes, yeah, so barricadeboys.com. Um, and Ticketmaster and Live Nation is where you can go and get tickets or, or at the theatre itself. So, Yeah, well, Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre can be found via their box office at 01902 429212 or nip along to grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets. It is all going on. It's going to be an amazing night of entertainment. You can't ask for for, for anything better than the the way in which the Barricade Boys bring this to the stage. It's all taking place on Thursday, the 12th of May. Make sure you're part of it. And that's the thing. The audience do get to stand up and dance around a little bit towards the end as well, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. We encourage that. Yeah. Especially (laughs) after the two and a half years we've had where nobody wants to do any of that. And now we're now we're ready. We can dance with each other and sing with each other. Yeah, absolutely. All about having a bit of fun. Well, it's going to be uh, truly amazing. I know that. Have a great time. Break a leg. And we look forward to seeing you on stage at Wolverhampton Grand. Thank you, Jason. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Dean Friedman is currently making his way around the UK on a 40-date tour, turning up in Starbridge a little later on this year. He joins me now to tell me more about what's going on. Hello, sir. Hey, Jason. I'm good. How are you doing there? <laughs> I'm okay. So uh, tell us a, a bit about this latest tour, because is this your first time back since the pandemic? It is indeed. And uh, it was a an unanticipated two-year hiatus. <laughs> so uh, despite my tardiness... It's great being back on the road and uh, being able to, you know, jump on stage and share my songs with with what's always a really enthusiastic and appreciative audience. 
Well, we're on the ninth studio album, American Lullaby. So uh, this is uh, effectively what you're touring with, or is it also a, a massive greatest hits collection as well? Oh, you know, I do. I, I always do a, a, a mix of fan favorites and the radio hits, as well as whatever new stuff I've been working on. And uh, in particular, the, the material from the new album, American Lullaby, is stuff I'm real proud of. Uh, and I think it's real relevant to things that everyone's experiencing today. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're never been one to shy away from having a political statement in there but always i think on the right side of politics that tends to be the way it works with you i guess that depends on your perspective but that's <laughs> good to hear. uh you know i uh I, I try to i mean i aspire to be on the common sense side of politics but that's always a, a, a challenge to define but uh, this whole album was inspired uh, over six years ago when i woke up to discover that a, a a bankrupt real estate developer from New York and known money launderer for the Russian mafia had become president of the United States. Well, these, these things happen. These things happen. <laughs> and there's just no way to overstate how uh, profound and disturbing an impact that had for the majority of Americans. And, uh, and, and yet we're still seeing him in the public eye talking about what he's done. And he's not on maybe quite the same after dinner circuit as, say, Obama. Uh, no. Um, and, uh, you know, he still has the potential to do a lot of damage. And, uh, you know, we're all still at risk, you know, him and his like. So I tried to write an album describing my experience and, and I think the experience shared by people around the world uh, reacting to all that event and all the subsequent events uh, that contributed to it. Uh, so the album has a lot of difficult material on it, including the pandemic and the lockdown and climate change and you know we used to call the looming or pending climate uh, disaster but now it's no longer looming nor pending mm -hmm. uh, also are really polarized politics and uh, uh, but at the same time i i try to leaven it with what i view as a, a crucial survival mechanism which is a sense of humor so anyone familiar with my albums know that there's, there's plenty of whimsy <laughs> and uh with that goes into my view of the world and uh, so uh it's it's a mix and uh the reaction so far has been really really positive which i'm pleased about absolutely and uh also i mean we've heard the song happy birthday sung more often than usual due to the hand washing during the pandemic but you've got your own take on that too yeah the hill sisters two nursery school teachers wrote it 125 years ago and it great song i i, I got no complaints I, <laughs> I love it but I, I thought it was time for a little bit of an update so uh, i've written a song called just another birthday song uh, which is i guess my perspective on you know having achieved uh, an, another year on this planet and uh, so i'm hoping people will embrace it and adopt it as their own now, so this this tour itself, I mean, how do you choose your venues or do you let them kind of choose you in some ways? Because it, a lot of these are maybe a little more intimate than we'd expect you to be playing. But equally, I, I think you you warrant that sort of you know, closeness to the audience so you can help tell the stories that you're telling, bring the bring the politics to life and, and give them a chance to, to react with you to the songs. Well, you know, in terms of the itinerary and the bookings it's always a mix uh, you know of invitations and places that i've been performing at for 40 years and uh, always enjoy going back to i do like seeing people's faces uh, and their reactions to the songs and the stories that i'm telling and, and uh, so yeah that, that that's part of 
I guess, you know, part of the mission of what I do as a, a troubadour to, to get up on stage and share these songs uh, and share space in a room. And you've got Midlands gigs, as we've talked about, but I think interesting that you're finishing it all off with nearly a week at the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, this will be my, I think, my 18th or 19th run at the Fringe Festival, uh, which is uh, my favourite place to be in August, not just because the weather's actually better <laughs> in rainy Scotland than, than the sweltering hot muggy heat in New York in, in August, but also for those three weeks, the, the whole city of Edinburgh is just besieged by performers of every ilk, applying their, their creative arts and, and trade, and it, it's really inspirational for any artist to see the, those creative chances that, are, that folks are taking. Um, and uh, so uh, I love going there. I try to bring my family when I can. And uh, um, it's always a, a great way to spend, like I say, part of August. And we say, mentioned the fact you, you play in the Midlands. Uh, Katie's Secret Garden in Sabridge, 31st of July. So that'll be uh, the, the easiest one to get hold of. It, less panic, no, no rushing around. Chill out and, and be ready for what's going to be a gig. Exploring the album, as you say, but also uh do, do you change your, your favorites each time you go or do you, do you mix it all up a little bit how do you how do you work it with the the non mix it up a little stuff? bit but yeah. I, i'll always play the the hits and uh, i i get a kick out of having the audience sing along on on, on those songs because they know the words better than me <laughs> and just to mention that you can get uh, you can see the whole tour itinerary and get tickets to all the gigs on, on the uh, current tour uh, as well as all my merch uh, at my website, which is deanfriedman.com. Okay, so what have we got in the way of merch? There must be the standard tour T-shirts, but is there a Dean Friedman tea towel as well? Well, there's not a tea towel, but there's a little tote bag because uh, I encourage tote bags people to buy my CDs, but I want them to have something to carry it home with. And so it's a, a commemorative tote bag with uh, uh, the American Lullaby logo on it in 2022 uh, American Lullaby Tour. And, and keep using so they don't end up with plastic carrier bags. That sounds like a good way of doing it. I also this year did for the first time something I wanted to do for a long while, uh, but I've gotten teased uh, incessantly by my uh, wife and kids. I created a 2022 Dean Friedman calendar. And so <laughs> it's got all the dates of the tour right on the calendar, as long as all the UK holidays and US holidays. So it's got bank holidays on it, uh, as well as holidays that uh, you might not be aware of. For example, it's got National Pickle Day. Uh, it's got Act Like a Pirate Day. Um, and uh, so, uh, even though we've already we're already to month four, uh, there's a good number of months ahead of us. And so, if you come to one of these gigs, uh, you can check out one of my calendars. In fact, you can order it online. You don't even have to come to a gig. No, I say going to the gig. I think is part of it. And a chance to get any merchandise signed when you're at the gigs. A bit of a meet and greet afterwards, because you're pretty much renowned for doing a bit of that too. Sure, absolutely. I'm always happy to do that. So, if people want to come along, give us all the web details again deanfriedman.com and Simple as that. Uh, uh, like i say you can uh, peruse all the the fun stuff on the website and drop me a line send me an email and uh, you'll get onto the email list and uh, you'll hear rants and raves from an indie musician well that, that, that sensible uh good fun stuff and all of it with a, a nice bit of tongue-in-cheek humor as well which is exactly what we expect from you dean freeman thank you for joining us have a great time on stage break a leg and we look forward to seeing you in the midlands in the not too distant future a pleasure thanks for having me jason all the best take care
right now, don't you cry It's an American lullaby Manifest destiny's a lie
supply On the 15th of May, the Litchfield Garrick is turning their hearts to Ukraine and raising funds for two amazing charities. To tell us more, the amazing Sam Rayburn. Hello, sir. Good day. So, I mean, you are part of the fabric that is the Litchfield Garrick, I think, at the moment, uh, due, due to your wonderful role in Panto there each year. You well, are the back. woodwork, I think. I'm more like the woodwork. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're back for Panto again this year. Is that official now? Am I allowed to say that? I think so. Well, you were on the back of the uh, the, the, the the brochure for the last one. No, it wasn't. Was he not? No, you've made that up. Have I? I'm sure you were. Okay. So no, you... I don't know whether we're allowed to say that yet, but yeah, I am, but don't tell anybody. Okay, well, keep that be quiet. Um, mm. uh, Literal's favourite panto, don't. Uh, and uh, you are part of uh, the, this amazing event. Now, uh, it, it's, it's all going to be a huge sort of family-filled variety entertainment spectacular. I think, does that almost cover it? They're the words that we are using in that order, and it's succinct, and it's really <laughs> helping people understand what we're doing. I, I'm sort of, I'm calling it a variety night, but a family variety night. Um, when I started asking people to do it, I was, it was people saying yes. I thought, well, this is going to be more fun for the whole family. And then I thought, I don't think I ever, as a kid, saw a variety night or got to see something in the theatre that wasn't either a panto or a play for children. Um, and so as I started putting this together, it just sort of lended itself to be a variety night, but for the whole family. So there's going to be stuff for everybody. Um, and yeah, it, it it's just made me happy putting the whole thing together. Uh, but yeah, it's a family fun variety night. That's the way we like it. Now, I say five o'clock is the official on-stage start time, but it gets going well before then. It does, it? and for good reason as well. Uh, so when I approached the theatre, we've had lots of chats about this, but I approached um, Matt at the theatre and said, do you think we should do something? Like, lockdown, it was all that case of, do you think we should do something? And so in lockdown, I did things online, um, raised charity money while doing lockdown discos. And then I thought, well, we need to do something now. So I asked Matt and said, can we can we do something? And Matt's like, there's a, there's a, yeah, we, we got no time to organise it. I said, look, I'll, I'll put a bit of legwork in. I don't mind doing a bit of organising. I just need to know we've got the theatre. 
So they said yes on the 15th. And then we've had a new few more meetings and we, we came to the conclusion that they were going to give the charity donations from the bar. So all bar profits are going to go to the two charities we'll talk about in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought, well, it'd be worth trying to get people to spend money before the show as well and in the interval. So the doors will open at four o'clock. So the show starts at five. The doors will open at four o'clock. And from four o'clock, you've got uh, the Vegas Showgirls. Now, the Vegas Showgirls appeared on the Royal Variety Show. They're from the Royal Variety Show. So that's how much variety we're bringing. Um, and you can have photos with the Vegas Showgirls. And we'll have a photographer there. And I think, I think this is uh, hot off the press. And I'm hoping this is confirmed. And I'll tell you anyway. And if it doesn't happen, it's charity. You can't shout at me. Um, we should have a photographer there selling photos of like you can buy the photo of you and the Vegas showgirls there and then uh, we're also going to have uh, James Mitchell now you probably remember James Mitchell he appeared in Panto as PC Pongo and one of the ugly sisters now he's a multi-talented man he's also a magician so he's going to be doing close-up magic so while you're in the bar having a drink buying your food charity uh, all profits go to the charities uh, you can see some close-up magic mm-hmm. then we've also got a local singer he's um, an acoustic guitar player Rob Taylor he's going to be in the foyer well in the green room bar probably he's going to be in there doing some music so you've got an hour's worth of entertainment before the show even starts and as I say, all the profits will be going towards the charities. So while you're having a drink, whether it be a beer or a coffee, you're also giving towards charity. What better cause for people to give to charity than with a drink as well? Yeah, so there's officially five o'clock, but we'd like you to come from four o'clock. And I think as well, well, I know for us, I know um, my friend Roland is organising a raffle. We've got some amazing prizes, so you'll be able to write raffle tickets on the night as well. And I think um, I'm still waiting for official confirmation, but I should have some Ukrainian um, people selling products to charity as well. So like uh, Ukrainian ribbons, sunflower seeds, all sort of little Ukrainian tidbits. So all of their donations as well go towards the two charities. Um, but they'll be in the foyer selling, so you can come in with your ribbons or your bands on as well. So uh, you mentioned the two charities several times. Before we get on to the main acts, tell us about the two charities. Uh, two charities, the DEC, which is the main sort of one that you'll have heard on the news, the uh, disaster. Now, I always want to say education, but it's not education. It's the Dem- Disaster Emergency Committee, uh, and that will go to the, like, the specific Ukrainian section. We're also going to, so we're going to split it in half, and the other half will go to the uh, City of Sanctuary, Litchfield City of Sanctuary, uh, which will help the refugees who arrive in the area. So at the moment, there, there's a few in, there's a few families in Tamworth um, and from other refugee crises as well, but it, it'll be predominantly for the Ukrainian families that arrive once the visa situation is ironed out and people are able to come in, but that'll help uh, children with school stuff. But it's basically helping within the city, anybody that's arriving. So the two charities, the DEC and Litchfield City of Sanctuary. So that's that uh, an amazing bit of work that's been done there. So now we need to talk about this lineup because it does feature both yourself and a comedy partner of yours from Panto's Gone By. Ian Billings! And Wolverhampton lad doing his thing, and uh, that's going to be a giggle, isn't it? Oh, I thought you were going to say, no, not Ian Billings. You're talking about somebody else, but yes, Ian Billings is there. I thought you were going to say, no, not Ian. I, 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 yeah, I, I was going down the Ben Thornton route. I know you were. I know. You, uh, you, you've led me to Ian as well. But like, I can't diss Ian Billings. He's a top fella. He is. He's a very short top fella, but he's yeah. there. Ian Billings will be there with his uh, illustrated Chris White. Now, we, I talked to him about this because I know he's a, he's one of the only uh, stand-up comedians for children in the country 
but we were sort of talking about what we could do. And one of his main things he did, used to do at Edinburgh was his poetry while Chris Wright would illustrate. So it's something that we'll never have seen on the Litchfield stage before. Uh, so he's going to come and do a little slot of the kind of stuff they used to do at Edinburgh Fringe. So we've seen sort of the artist stuff from Edinburgh Fringe come down with Ian Billings and Chris White. Um, Ian's, of course, got loads of children's books published. He does loads of work in the areas in the school. And also, yeah, you're going to get illustrations at the same time from Chris White, which is quite exciting. Yeah, Chris White's done so many books. They, they have a book about chickens they worked on together as well, which is quite intriguing. Of course um, they do. Yeah, and, uh, I, yeah Billy, book, Billy is, Plonker yeah. and the Grot and yeah. the Bobbers, all sorts of amazing bonkers books for children. He's sort of like, um, he's like the David Williams of Wolverhampton. No, he's going to write that. He's going to put that on a poster, isn't he? He's going to put that on them. He's better than David Williams because I don't hate <laughs> Ian Billings, but there we go. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I don't hate anybody. I'm, I'm joking. Uh, but so, so, you know, we, we casually mentioned Ben Thornton in passing then as well. And uh, I mean, Probably you, for the best. Yeah, just casual. <laughs> you did so much great stuff on that literal Garrick stage in Panto with him too. Yes. Um, so he was one of the first people I asked because I thought between the two of us, if we don't just host it, we can probably do other things as well. So Ben's going to come back and he's going to basically me and Ben are going to host the night with some other things thrown in as well. We think we have a, we need to talk about it a bit more. He's in rehearsals at the moment for another show. So we keep on having to try and catch up. But yeah, between me and Ben, we're going to host the night, which I'm really excited about because we did three years of Panto together. So to have him back would just be fun. It'll be a nice, nice little uh Nice little person to host with. Little person, he's tiny, tiny, yeah, tiny, scrawny Ben Thornton. Yeah. So, uh, what else have we got lined up? Because there's huge amounts of stuff uh, going on. Yes, loads of stuff. So, um, uh, I start with the, start, I'll start with the top. I'll start with the top and make my way down. I've got I've got my list here, so I don't miss anybody because I'm okay. scared of missing people. So, headlining the show, which I'm quite excited by, um, Panto favorite from the Garrick. We've got Rebecca Keatley from CBeebies with her friend Katie Ashworth. Now they're going to do like this big family fun time, um, which is just going to be bonkers. It's going to be bonkers. A big sort of family game involving everybody, and we just have a load of fun. Be a bit mad with Katie and Rebecca from CBeebies. Uh, so those two are going to be headlining the show. Also on the bill, we have got TikTok sensation stage door Johnny. Now you might have seen him doing his origins of the British language. He's going to be uh, doing some comedy songs for us. We have got uh, Chris White and Ian Billings, which you talked about. Because Steve Arnold, now Steve Arnold and me have worked together on and off all, well, since I started. We first worked together at TGI Fridays. And since then, we keep bumping into each other. Steve Arnold's one of the most amazing jugglers. And he's got what uh, he's got a routine that I've never seen before using LEDs, which is superb. Uh, Maria Connealy will be back. Maria was in Panto as Lizzie, uh, the daughter of Wendy and Peter Pan. So she's going to be doing some songs from the shows, which I'm really looking forward to. So she's going to be coming and just serenading us with her voice. We have got the UK's number one tribute to Craig David, Curtis Ray. He's going to be on stage doing his Craig David tribute. Um, we've got a live music set from Danceford, a local band who are going to be entertaining us with some music. And one of my favourite things, and you, if you haven't seen this, it's a treat. It's a physical treat for your eyes. We've got a, um, I refer to him as an unusualist. An unusual, oh, somebody's hoovering. An unusualist. He's a clown. He's called Kiki Lovechild. And he's going to be bringing his butterfly act for us, which Ooh. I don't want to tell you anymore because it's just stunning. The first time I saw this, I was like eyes open and wow. You're not going to see any of the shows like this, the Garrick. You won't see because it's such a speciality act. It's just going to be nice to see things like that. Um, we've also got local dance school, um, local dance school, SMDA. So I need to read dance. Yeah, SMDA. 
I have to remember the letters in the right order. They're going to be doing a couple of slots with their students coming to dance with us. Um, and I think that's the list at the moment. That's it. That's it. We might have thrown another few surprises in, but they're the people that are confirmed. They're the people that are turning up and they're all giving their time for free to raise as much money as we can. Um, and you can raise as much money as you can by buying tickets. The tickets will cost you uh, £10 for children, £15 for adults, which I think is a bargain for what you're getting for that's the night. It's amazing value for money. And all, but um, when you're on the website, people—I uh, don't think people are panicking. But you just need to know there's going to be an optional donation on there as well. Which if you can't afford the extra ten pound, you can take it off um, and donate maybe some ticket money for uh, some photo money from the Vegas showgirls or something. But yeah, you uh, you can add the ten pound on. You can take it off, but the tickets will be ten pound or fifteen pound with the extra ten pound if you can afford it. Uh, but as much money as we can make, we want to make. So all ticket profits are going, or bar profits are going. Um, the theatre's donated its time and the resources of its staff. Uh, the raffle money will go. So, and then any donations, if you enjoyed the photos, if you like James Mitchell's magic, if you like Rob Taylor's music, if you want to donate there as well, as much money as we can make, we want to make, because it is going to two lovely, what, two amazing charities that are doing wonderful things that we, we don't really... We, we don't need, but these people need. So it, it's it's something that we need to help. Absolutely. So great work being done. Great acts on stage. And four o'clock through the doors, five o'clock on stage. Any idea what time you're going to finish? Or are you going to sort of... I'm aiming, I'm <laughs> aiming, fingers crossed, Touchwood for 7.30. Because this is Sunday evening and it's a family show, I want to make sure people can get back and get the children to bed for school the next day. So uh, 7.30 is my aim and I will be slapping the wrist of these people if they go over. Um, Ian Billings, you better be listening, Ian Billings. Um, so yeah, seven thirty. I don't want to go much later than that. I mean, if we, I don't, I don't think you will because I think people will behave. Yeah, that, that's it. Fingers crossed. That's the way we're expecting it. Mm. It's going to be an amazing night of entertainment. As with any event like this, all acts subject to availability. There is a potential of some changes, but it is going to be uh, an absolutely fab night. And by the sound of things, it's just going to be more people turning up to do stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, it's a free, it's not free for all. I've organised it, uh, but yeah, we just want we want people to come and have a great time and enjoy it. Uh, and yeah, we're raising money for charity at the same time. What what better way on a night where we can let our hair down, have a laugh, but also raise money for a good cause? So tickets online, LitchfieldGarrick.com. It's good. And um, on the box office on 01543412121. Yes, he is good. He always remembers that number. I have to do better numbers than me. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be an absolutely awesome night. Sam, thank you for joining us. Thank you for organising it, because I'm, I'm hopefully that's been sent to him a few times. But uh, uh, the Ukraine, I think, will thank you as well for your bit in helping out. So uh, do my best. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's going to be awesome. No, thank you. Thanks for talking as well. And hopefully we'll see you there. Um, but yes, yeah, we'll see you there. You better come. On Saturday, the 14th of May, there's going to be a Jubilee Jamboree Singathon. Somebody who is part of the team who organised that is Elaine Buckland, MBE. Also involved is Grace Gull. And I'm joined now by Elaine and some of the gang to let me know what's happening. Hello. Hiya. Hello. <laughs> right, so they've already voted that Elaine is going to be the noisiest during this. So, uh, Elaine, what's happening? They know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this is it's a singathon. It was an, an idea that... I think I just had one night after speaking to Grace about something that maybe we could do to celebrate the Jubilee mm -hmm. and also hopefully raise funds again for some, for a, you know, a charity, a good cause. 
Um, initially, I think I suggested 24 hours. And oh, yes, I did. And Grace went, forget yeah. that for the game of soldiers. <laughs> so we, <laughs> it was like 12 hours or we're not doing it at all. Um, so, yeah, we, we, yeah, 24 hours, I think, would have been, a, you know, a slightly, yeah. a slightly too, too much for us. So, yeah, we're doing it at the church in Wensfield. Um, this is associated to where we practice and we run our choir sessions weekly here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're setting up there. And I'm going to take a PA, PA sis, uh, system with me. So we're going to have a nice microphone. And um, people have given time slots. So from starting at 10 a.m. in the morning till 10 p.m., people have given a, a time that maybe they can attend and that and songs that they want to sing, whether it's solos or mm-hmm. duets or group numbers. Um, but we're having different uh, sections throughout the day to um, celebrate certain things uh, for the Jubilee. So at 12.30, we've got um, a proper royalist kind of song section at the time, at the exact time that she found out about the the death of her father mm-hmm. um, and that she obviously became monarch. So, and then we're going to do songs from the Commonwealth, a section from that. We've got um, a request section. So we've um, suggested that people pay £10 if they would like a certain song request of anybody who's sort of taking part in the event mm-hmm. um, and then we will sing it live on the day and, and it'll be recorded um, so we've already had a, quite a few uh, requests for certain songs um, and it's all going to promise dreams um, and St- Steve Bull and Alan Bull Steve's brother is singing on the event um, so yeah it should be good Okay, well, it already sounds promising, and I've heard Alan Bull's work. I know he's not only a nice chap, but also exceptionally good singer as well. So it's yeah. it's all looking good, as you say. Saturday, the fourteenth of May, St Thomas's Church in Wensfield, ten a.m. through till ten p.m. and a tenner to get your uh, your your song request in for that slot. And uh, so the, this is uh, all about making sure you can come along because it's five for a ticket for an unlimited entry on the day, which means you can Absolutely. turn up for the start and see it being opened by Jane Stevenson MP, and then disappear and do your shopping in town and. And then come back and eat your shopping whilst you watch everybody singing. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's now, but we are hopefully going to have, um, you know, refreshments, like refreshments. We're going to have some people mm-hmm. making cakes and we're going to have tea and coffee and drinks and some quiche and things. So people have kindly already donated. Our lovely Helena, for example, has given us, uh, given some money, haven't you, for uh, some of the, the refreshments. She's been guilted into giving us some cash to buy quiche with her. I and mean, it's not a jamboree without quiche, is it? So, I mean, Helena, well done. Thank you for that. your, your effort there. <laughs> exactly so now but remember all these things you, you you can't do events like this and, and without having a, a great uh, team of people who, who are always prepared to say yes to what we suggest <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the group of singers to start off with as well because you already said you're regularly rehearsed so who are you well, why are you and what you're doing well we're the counterpoint choir who are based obviously in in Wensfield and like I said we meet weekly um, here at St Thomas's uh, Centre opposite the church St Thomas's Church in Wensfield of uh, Thursday evening seven until half past eight and yeah we have we just great fun we sing all kinds of music we do lovely events um and uh yeah so once we've done this we're doing our own show once again for another children's cha- charity we should have done it just before we had lockdown and we're doing it at Technal College in September and that's for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So these people are made up of 
All, all ages, um, yeah, just great, 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 great people. They're all going to be singing on the singathon, and um, solo is uh, ex- ex- except Helena, who can't be bothered. I am singing. She is. <laughs> I just can't cook. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she's she's not she's not singing anything from Waitress. <laughs> oh, she is. oh gosh, she is. oh gosh, it's amazing what baking can do. Probably not the one you will be doing from Waitress though. <laughs> There's huge dollops of irony, even if you can't do quiche. So that's that's all good. Absolutely. <laughs> I tell you, I don't know if you can see everybody. If I go around, how about if I ask all of the singers who are really paying attention, Simon, and uh, to give to give you an idea? <laughs> I'm terrible now. Uh, to give you an idea of the songs that hopefully they're going to do. A few of the songs are going to do. That, on the day. That'd be great. But the thing is, they're going to have to sing the title for us as well. Oh, oh, absolutely. I said, yeah, get him to, to step forward and do it. Come on, let's, let's, let's get oh, the gang in. Oh, oh, just name, name a few. What are you going to do? I'm singing a few songs, different things. Um, I'm doing some pop songs, got some Rob Williams. Robbie Williams. Um, I'm doing some soul and Motown songs as well. And then some old some ballads as well to, to finish it off with. So it's about a half an hour set you're doing for yeah. us, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> a, a good thing. What time are you performing? Three o'clock. 3 p.m.? So, 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 so when you've got 12 hours to, to work with, you, you, can, yeah. you can do that. I mean, yeah, and some people are, because some of my singers are, who can't attend um, are doing stuff like, like Alan, because he's in um, Blackpool. He's going to do like a video set. Um, so we're going to play his songs um, and he's going to send photographs, etc. But all these people that you're going to see here today will be, will be sort of performing uh, live for us. I've got some singers who are on tour from the Book of Mormon. Some of my students, they're going to come in along from the touring company from London. They're going to come and sing for us. But let's introduce you. This is Katie that's Hi, next. Yeah. So, Katie, just want to say what you're going to plan on singing? Um, I'm singing Black Velvet. I'm singing a Queen song. And I'm also singing a song that I'm, we're going to be doing in the show in September, My Church, where I kind of sing the um, verses and then the choir joining with the chorus for that one. So, yeah, and and that, and thank you, guys. We're looking forward to that because I love that number at my church. Then we've got the children here now. They, these ch- the children, I gave them a special little task a few few weeks ago. So do you want to come a little bit closer to the to to us here? You know, we don't bite, you know, girls. <laughs> come in, come and tell us a little bit about. Take your fold, bring your folders. That's it. Do you want us to come closer? <laughs> they, Pro- here we are. choir master, telling everyone what to do. Well, there you go. <laughs> There you, you go. have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious me. And um, so here we have the lovely Freya and we have Lexi. And do you want to just explain what I it's the kind of thing I asked you to do for the event and say it nice and clearly? We've been asked to do a little slot because we're at the moment the only children in the choir. So we've been asked to sing a couple of songs. And what are you going to do? We're going to do some songs for the Queen. They get, they're going to do a special little tribute to for Her Majesty. And we're going to have a really beautiful colour pro- brochure done, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And that with all everybody's photograph on, we're going to send it to the Queen, aren't we? Yeah? And uh, and wish, wish everybody well. We'll give them a round of applause. Well done, girls. Well done, girls. Thank you. You can go sit down now and, and play with your scrapbook, so that's all good. Right, so what else have we got? Anybody else volunteering information? We've got Claire and Jay. 
What are you going to do, guys? Oh, yeah, they're, they're, doing the the they're doing the choral numbers, but they are the food people. I tell nice. you, I know, singing that they ought to have their own restaurant, Jason. M musical Voulevons, is that what we're looking at? Oh, here? gosh, yeah. now you're talking. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then we have Chris, uh, absolutely a oh. diamond of a guy. This man is, and Chris is doing some Matt Monroe songs, Matt Monroe, uh, oh, lovely. And a bit of uh, musical as well. Bit of musical theatre and, of course, some Freddie Mercury. We've got to have a bit of Queen on the show. That's excellent. Yeah. Then we've got Helena. She knows me, but hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Um, I'm doing a few musical numbers from um, Thorley Mud and Ready. So give me, give me. Um, I am doing a song from Waitress. Uh, <laughs> and um, one from Phantom of the Opera um, and Chorus Line and then I'm just sticking a couple of pop songs in so um, Adele and Blondie a nice to, mix yeah, excellent and then because we have Fraser here Fraser you are attending on the day yes. and um, what are you singing for us I'm not sure I think I'm going to do um, Life on Mars by David Bowie Life on Mars a bit of Bowie that sounds good I'm liking it that's going to be amazing as long as he does it in full makeup that's okay <laughs> He's going to do it on the show in September at full makeup. So again, and of course we have Grace, and Grace is sort of, so Grace is, is going to. Grace is hiding. I'm, just filling, I'm, I'm filling in the gaps. That's the way. <laughs> Anytime someone stops, you're going to start singing. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, exactly. that's that's the way we like it. So all the details are, and these are the important bits. So I'll, I'll run down this, and then you can tell me how they can get tickets. So it is Saturday, the fourteenth of May, twenty twenty-two, St Thomas's Church, Wensfield, ten a.m. through to ten p.m. Twelve hours of amazing entertainment for Jubilee Jamboree Singathon, which I'm just about to say, and uh, it's, it's it's all going to be raising funds for Promised Dreams. So. If people want to pay 10 quid to request a song or just buy their tickets at £5 for admitted entry on the day or just throw you some money anyway because they're nice, what do we do? Well, we do have a Just Giving page, which is under Jubilee Jamboree. Um, also, the other best way to get tickets is probably through one of our mobile numbers, which are 07527 643403. And... 07949767986. So you can uh, get in touch, get involved, be part of it on the day, request a song, nothing that's got a parental guidance sticker on the plea on it, please. You know, that would be a, a little a little bit naughty. And then and then all we need to do really is to find out what solos yourself will be doing and what <laughs> duets you would like to do with me. Okay, yeah. Well, as I sadly can't sing, I uh, would probably bring it to a a quick finish. <laughs> there we go. Now, it's, uh, it's going to be an amazing event, isn't it? I'll, I'll see if I can nip down and see you lot sing on the day. Oh, that would be an absolute it. treat. And I'll mime in the background if ever you want me to. <laughs> it's it's going to be awesome. Uh, the Jubilee Jamboree Singathon, as I say, 14th of May at St Thomas's Church, Wenfield, 10 through 10. Make sure you're part of it. Elaine Buckland, MBE, and Grace Gould, thank you, and the rest of the team for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Earlier this year, Brown Girl Like Me was published by Jaspreet Kaur. She is about to head off on tour, talking about the book and giving some revelations about her life. And she's in Wolverhampton on the 10th of May. And she joins me now to tell me more about what's going on. Hello. 
Hello. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me. Well, good to talk to you. And the book has literally been a lifetime in the making. It honestly has. It's, it's definitely a book that's been a lifetime in the making. It's, it's the book that I always wished existed when I was growing up here in the UK, a book for South Asian women and girls on kind of guiding them through all the things that we're trying to balance as Asian women, these kind of intersectional parts of our identity or these different parts of what make us who we are. But growing up feeling like a book like this never existed. So it's definitely kind of a lifetime of work, though uh, it's uh, packed with kind of anecdotes from my own life, interviews with incredible Asian women from across the country, um, and a lot of academic insight in there as well. I wanted to bring in a little bit of my academic side of, of kind of historical, political and social theory to understand why Asian women are experiencing all these things. So yeah, it's it's now out there in the world uh, after a long time coming, and, and I'm, I'm so glad it's, it's getting the response that, that I hoped for. And, and when it comes down to, I mean, we, we could all probably do with an instruction manual in life. And, and, and the, the problems that are caused by other people's issues, because if, if anything happens uh, or there's, there's prejudice in any way, it isn't your fault. It's the fault of the idiot doing it, isn't it? And that's why I'm saying, OK, it is a guidebook, a manifesto for South Asian women. But this book is absolutely for everybody to read, not just South Asian women. I want all communities picking up this book and reading it because that's exactly the point. It's, it's thinking about how we might be impacting somebody else's lives with our own choices, our own prejudices, our own biases, whether they're conscious or not. So hopefully a book like this can just provide people with the experiences of South Asian women to see what it's like for us, to see what it's like to be in our shoes um, and hopefully build a bit of empathy. That's, that's what I'm really hoping from this book. And, and that's why I'm hoping everyone does read it. So yeah, you're absolutely right with some of these issues, whether it's to do with discrimination, sexism, misogyny, even things like racism that I'm speaking about quite, quite openly in this book. These are things that other people need to do the work on and not just South Asian women. But what I'm trying to convey to, to brown women in this book is that when we are handling these situations, when they do come up, whether they're kind of microaggressions in the workplace, whether they're how we're being treated in, in educational institutions, there are certain things that we can do ourselves to, to support our mental well-being, to kind of protect ourselves and to guide ourselves through it when it is happening um, in those moments as well. Yeah, because I mean, all these things shouldn't happen. Everybody is equal. I don't care what anyone else thinks. Everybody is equal. We all have an equal right to not only an opinion and and to be wrong, uh, but also to be able to you know, live your life in a, a, a way which you get the best out of it because you're doing your best for you and your community, mm -hmm. uh, whatever your community is. And you know, it, we in the Midlands, and you've got two dates in the Midlands talking about this. Uh, we, we're lucky, I think, to have such a, a wonderful multicultural society, uh, multi-ethnicity, uh, multi-faith. And it's, it's through understanding each other and the background that's brought us here, whether you're first, second, third, fourth generation uh, from another part of the world, uh, you know, formerly part of the empire, which is fortunately now a commonwealth, but even so, uh, you know, it's, it, that's, that's still got its problems. But there's, there's all sorts of different things which, which go into making us who we are. And the, you know, whether it be a background and understanding and appreciation for, for something else from somewhere else in the world or how we work here, it you know, just having uh, a, an insight into 
the way somebody else has got to the point at which they are now and, and the way we are in the world now can just be so educational and, and, and so nice to share. Absolutely. And that 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 part about sharing is, is one of the most beautiful parts of this book. And, and one of the reasons why I want to reach all of these communities and now doing this book tour and going across the country to meet these different communities face to face, because that element of sharing stories, I think, is really empowering for the individual to be able to share their stories, but also to those who, who get to hear it and get to listen to it. So that was a big element of this book that I didn't want it to just be um, the academic side to things. I just I didn't want it to just be stories of my own life. That's why I set out to interview in total around 150 Asian women to collate all those stories because I think there's a there's a real real power in, in sharing them. And I'm totally going to steal this quote that I heard recently um, from from a TED talk that said, "Stories are just data with a soul." <laughs> Wow, that's 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 a really beautiful way to describe it, because often when we talk about stories and lived experiences, people think that, oh, they don't need to be taken seriously because they're just somebody's stories. But I think that idea of stories are data with a soul kind of allows them to still hold weight and, and, and to show that they do make an impact and they are valid. Um, and that's why we should be listening to each other's stories. Um, and one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure we're reaching as many parts of the country as we can and, and heading, heading to the Midlands um, on the 10th of May and on the 12th of May was, was definitely a reason for why I wanted to do that. Yeah, because I mean, the, when when you when you're looking at this, I mean, I, I think sometimes people who are on the wrong side of of, of understanding and our community think that being British is something other than what the reality is, and that is you know, being part of a, a big shared community. Now, mm. as I said in the past, the way it was done wasn't necessarily that friendly towards some of the people we we visited and uh, uh, basically I think raped and pillaged their lands. But uh, we we now in a in a position whereby we can actually take. Not ignore the negatives, learn from the negatives that have been created in the past and make sure that we live in a community where we're now taking all the best bits, uh, whether it be the way in which we interpret culture and food and everything else that's come together to make us into a vibrant British community, which should represent everybody. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely one of the parts that I loved growing up. I, gr I grew up in, in East London and I'm a proud East Londoner, which, which of course was quite a multicultural, quite diverse area. I grew up with people from all walks of life, from different cultures, from different faiths, from different backgrounds. And I feel like that really did shape a lot of who I am to understand all these different cultures and people and their lives. And, 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 and that's what makes me such a proud Londoner. That's what makes me feel like it gave me such a, a better understanding of the world and understanding that not all experiences and, and paths are the same. Um, and I think it's one of the most beautiful things about what makes me who I am. And when people do ask me that question of what does it mean to be British and, and what, how do we define what that means? I feel like it means so much, it encompasses so much. It's, it's filled with so much of, of diversity and, and, and we can clearly see 
the the positive side of that and I think Jason what you've mentioned about appreciating one another's cultures and backgrounds and learning about it is so pivotal if we are living in these multicultural societies and and how do we appreciate people's cultures without appropriating them is quite an interesting conversation it's, it's a chapter I focused on in the book about this topic of cultural appropriation which is quite a hot topic on social media over the last couple of years but how do we be more sensitive when when we're talking about other people's cultures and dealing with parts of, of other people's faith and backgrounds how do we appreciate without appropriating um but yeah yeah no it's it's a beautiful part of what makes our country what it is mm-hmm. incorporate don't appropriate but equally it's it, it's a tribute when someone does take on board part of uh, another culture because it shows that they're going for the best in all that is available to them and it, it, it may not be from the culture that's their original background or it, 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 it could be that it's just something which which has drawn them in to, again, to, to wanted to share, but it's making sure, as you say, that is done in a respectful way. So you, you know the, the, the source of where things are coming from. And we see all sorts of things in the media. Uh, I, I, I can think of a major chain of uh, DIY and furniture stores who had problems over uh, the way in which they'd advertised products in the past. And then uh, you know, that sort of thing. You can see why, why corporate big businesses want to be part of it, but it, it's it's making sure you you hit the hit it right, and that that can be difficult, can't it? Yeah, it can be difficult, and it is a tricky conversation about okay, how do we appreciate one another's cultures without appropriating it? Especially when these things are so available now. We're living in a digital age where where we can learn and see about each other's cultures, and and taking elements of it is, is quite easy now. So how do we make sure we are being sensitive? So it is a tricky conversation it is quite a tricky situation but I think what I've tried to do within this book and particularly in that chapter looking at cultural appropriation is how do we how do we handle these situations when they come up and thinking about things like what you've just mentioned there Jason about thinking about who the host community is thinking about where do those elements come from are you being sensitive to the significance of it and kind of asking yourself a few questions before you try and take some of those cultural elements on and I've given a few scenarios of like where it is okay to take on other people's cultural elements and some situations where it is not okay and it would be appropriating so it's not okay to wear Asian clothes as a costume to a Halloween party but it is okay to wear them to a wedding if you're attending an Asian wedding so there are places where we can appreciate people's cultures and just being sensitive where it, it isn't okay uh, to take and steal. Mm-hmm. And equally, you know, it, 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 everyone it can, can wear and, and be who they want to be, but you say it's, it's making sure you're, you're true to yourself when you do it. And uh, there's no reason why uh, anyone couldn't, I mean, David Beckham rocked a sari, but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it is all about say, making sure that it, it's, it's not necessarily to um, create fuss and, uh, and, and, and a moment that he's going to take away from the culture that you're mm-hmm. almost trying to work with. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, that's what it is. And when people ask, what is this kind of cultural appropriation? What is the definition of it? By definition, it is, it's an unequal cultural exchange. It's when the host community where those elements of that culture, whether it's fashion, whether it's food, whether it's um, any of those kind of elements of, of what we see commodified has been taken from that host community by a more dominant 
group and a more dominant culture and commodified or exoticized or, or made fashionable when the host community wasn't able to reap those same benefits. And I give a really good example of, of my mum who migrated to the UK in the late 70s from Punjab. Um, we used to have a corner shop in East London and when mum first migrated here, she would wear her traditional salvard gamis every day because that was the clothes that she had. And even at that time in the late 70s, would hear a lot of these kind of racial slurs mentioned to her every day. People would walk in the shop, make comments on her clothes, make comment on how she smelt. And years later, we see those same cultural elements worn on white women, whether that's on, on runways, whether that's in music videos, and it's now become very fashionable um, and commodified. And it's just recognizing that unequal cultural exchange where when it was on a brown woman's body, especially in kind of those early years of migration, it wasn't deemed acceptable. But now those same elements are and they're now fashionable and everybody does want to wear them too. So it's just recognizing that unequal balance. Yeah, and, and making sure any, everyone benefits and uh, that uh, as, as a community as a whole, we, you know, we, all, we all work together. Now, how do your book talks work? Because uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that a lot of what you're going to say is going to prompt great conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we're, what we're aiming for with this tour is really having those conversations, getting down to these kind of honest, heartfelt, deep conversations. A lot of these themes packed into the book, mental health, body image, relationships, um, looking at social media and the impact of the digital age on Asian women um, and really kind of getting into these conversations in, in an honest dialogue. So the events that we're planning over the next couple of weeks will include an element of a Q&A with myself. We've got some amazing hosts line up for, lined up for each of the events over the next couple of weeks. Um, we've got musical performances. I really wanted to convey the array of talent that we have in the South Asian community. So each of the events is going to be opening with a musical performance. We've got a Q&A with myself with some great hosts. Um, and and, and a part of the events will also be an open Q&A with the audience to start getting involved in some of these conversations. Um, and then hopefully some book signings and, and photos towards the event as well as the end of the event. So that's our aim of kind of having these honest conversations and hopefully the communities that do come to these events and, and our audiences that do, do come can get involved in that conversation as well. And what I'm so interested to see is, is the conversations that have happen afterwards, the, the conversations people have with their friends, with their families, um, with their own communities and kind of taking these conversations forward, I think is gonna be a, a really important part of, of reaching these communities and doing these events. Well, it sounds like uh, it's going to be a, a, an excellent tour and it's going to hopefully provoke thought, conversation and get things a little more right in this world, which is exactly how we need them. Light-house.co.uk for tickets for the uh, event in Wolverhampton. Uh, it all takes place at, on the 10th of May. 
Make sure you are there. Get your tickets in advance. Uh, how much does it cost and how does it all work when it comes to uh, getting into the venue? So we've got really reasonable ticket price. They're only five pounds. They're only five quid. Um, and we can you can go straight to the Lighthouse website to book the tickets or you can head to www.browngirllikeme.com uh, to grab your tickets and, and also see the, the other events available as well. Um, and yeah, we turn up on the night. We open doors at 6.30 um, and the show will be kicking off at seven and wrapping up by nine well it was just, you, you've got a bar on site and uh they think you buy cake as well so it's going to be even better so uh, make sure you're down in the lighthouse and uh brengirlikeme.com or light-house.co.uk get your tickets and uh, stay start the conversation and uh be, be part of uh, i think something is going to be huge and uh, wish you every success with the book and uh, have a great time on the tour and you know, you're going to meet some amazing people and they get to meet the amazing you too. So I think that's all works well. Just be cool. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Laura Pitay has had a very busy time putting together four movies she's part of and joins you now to tell me more about what's been going on. Hello to you. Hi, how are you? I'm good, and I, I trust we're finding you well, if not a bit busy with movie premieres just at the moment. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's just <laughs> everything is getting sorted, so it's it's uh, um, it's on a good way. So, but, but four films out in 2022, that, that must be a record. 100%, yeah, absolutely, especially during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, that, that is quite impressive going. So uh, what have you got coming out? Because I, I know you've already done some of the US launches and you've got some great things happening in the UK and Europe. Yes, uh, so I believe that the first one is Dakota. Uh, that'll be coming out uh, on streaming in um, early May and then Renegades. And then afterwards, that'll be followed by State of Consciousness, hopefully in July. I think they're doing a world premiere at a festival in Italy, which would be super nice. And um, last but not least, Muti, which I, um, bad, I'm not sure, I think, I believe it's still in post-production, so I, I don't know the dates of the release yet. yet. But, but that will come. So give us a bit of a background to each of these, Dakota being the first one. Yes. So Dakota is actually uh, more of a family film, which is super nice. It centers on this woman called Kate, who is played by Abby Cornish, who's incredible. And it's a widow who basically lost her husband in the war in Afghanistan, and she's struggling to maintain her, her small town farm with her daughter while mm -hmm. also running the local volunteer fire department. And there's this dog that's involved, and it's this really beautiful story. And, and a chance to tell a story, which is, is very much uh, uh, covering things that have been in the news. People have seen this sort of thing. So it's a, a chance to really identify and, and draw people into the story through the experiences they've heard of uh, in the media. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really beautiful story and it's so beautifully well written and, and acted and all of it. Now, uh, when we move on to, to Renegade, you've got an award winning director involved on that one. <laughs> Daniel. Yes. Bless him. He's, uh, he has a great... He, when he knows what he wants, he, he has the great vision for it. He's great to work with. Now, in this one, though, you're, you're playing the part of Sophia, who has been uh, kidnapped. And that must be traumatic enough in itself, playing the scenes, let alone realising that some people do actually go through these horrendous things. Yeah, I mean, just even myself, I wasn't quite aware how vast this inhumane industry is. And, 
and, and doing my research for it, it was, the numbers were absolutely shocking. So the preparation for that was, was super, um, very, very interesting. And, um, and being able to do something different. I mean, I'm, I'm always used to doing more psychological stuff, which I, I love doing, but being able to be with that whole, you know, veteran cast of older actors or, you know, icons, um, was incredible. And just being able to, uh, to play around with that and be in the moment present and going on and along with that was great. Yeah, well, Willie Majors, Patsy Kenzie, Stephanie Beecham, Bill Murray, Nick Moran. This the, the list just goes on, doesn't it? It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's so great because you wouldn't think that from, you know, a typical action film. So it's kind of like a beautiful tribute. The storyline is a beautiful tribute to, you know, military veterans. But in the cinema world, it's also um, a tribute to veteran actors, you know, who are more older and who are... So it's it's a really like all encompassing, great little package. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yourself. I mean, you've produced uh, films, uh, the the Beast, which you put together in 2018. That's an award winner. So you know, they, they, these may be veteran actors you're working with, but you've all you know earned your uh, your stars uh, effectively here. Absolutely, and and still earning for sure. But it's a great start. Uh, well, well, fantastic. And uh, I mean, when it comes to it, though, uh, the fact that you're fluent in English, French and Spanish means you've got a wide array of films that you've got the potential to star in, too. <laughs> yeah, I like to believe that maybe my my physical doesn't uh, doesn't look it much more than that. But um, but yeah, definitely. Now I'm trying to I'm tapping into the Eastern side because I'm reading a lot for Eastern European roles. So now I'm trying to learn Russian, which is uh, which is interesting. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> have, add that to my yeah, on, on the resume. But have you ever dubbed yourself into a foreign language? Because most of these films have uh, uh, foreign language tracks. But you know, you could easily do be your own voice in French or Spanish immediately, and that must be uh, quite an, an interesting one to do. Yeah, you know, I've actually never thought about this, but I should totally totally have that in my contract to be like okay i can do the dubbing in french english and spanish <laughs> that'd be amazing and i said three fees potentially <laughs> right yeah that could work right okay so I, I, i'm gonna cut for that as well for thinking of the idea so that should be good but i mean <laughs> it, 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 it is a good year ahead of you when it comes to all these movies coming out uh, what have you got that you're filming at the moment anything else in the pipeline no i are in preparation preparation for um, uh, something that I'm producing, which is, uh, it's going to be super, super, super great. And I can't talk much about it, but we will release something soon. Okay, so, so if you can I'm come back and let me know about that when you can talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, first of all, where do we find you on the socials? And then where do we find the movies that we've got on the way out? Uh, on social media, Lara Pictay, um, and um, and the movies. Uh, I think I'll release where you'll be able to see them on streaming as soon as, you know, we are in the loop of when that happens. So look out for Dakota, look out for Renegade, and most importantly, look out for Laura Pictay. And you can uh, enjoy the amazing work that you're doing in your, your career. Long way that continue. We're looking forward to more films that you've both produced, starred in, and fingers crossed, then dubbed too. Laura, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. That's a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Back with episode 672 next week. I'll see you then. Good afternoon. Goodbye from the mail bar. 
Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.